Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Thank you for your kind words and support by listening and sharing to last week's 100th episode. It's a real honor to bring you this every week, and I can't wait to continue to bring you what you want and need. I have some incredible interviews lined up, and remember, if you have questions or people you want me to interview, then ask and I'll reach out. Last week, I asked you to share your favorite parts of our podcast to celebrate 100 episodes. Thank you so much for your thoughts and ideas. This week, I wanted to ask you about inclusive practices in your school. What do you do? How are you changing things? And what tech tools are you using to support this development? I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Explain Everything. Explain Everything is a presentation and whiteboard app available on the web as well as Android, iOS and Chrome. To start, you tap on New Project and choose a blank project screen. Select a starter template, including those for learning, or any media, including images, presentations or PDFs. This brings you to the creation screen with a toolbar on the left side, recording options on the bottom and sharing and collaboration on the right. Use the toolbar to design a presentation, incorporating anything you want, including images and audios. Add more slides if you need. The presentation can be prepared before a recording and then added on to during a recording. You can also pause the presentation while recording to tweak things as you go. There's a movable camera frame to control what gets recorded and a robust editing tool to modify the recording before sharing it out. Finished products and projects can be exported or web links can be created. Projects get saved in the Explain Drive, which provides each user private cloud storage. Teachers can add students via Google Classroom and then have them log in with their Google accounts. Teachers can use Explain Everything to create videos that students can watch or to give live presentations. It's a tool that works really well in flipped or virtual classrooms or simply as a backbone for general learning and instructional support. An even more exciting part of this app is helping your students learn to create, present and share with it individually or on group projects. Group projects can be done in person or remotely thanks to a collaboration feature allowing multiple users to work on one presentation at the same time. At the student level, creating with Explain Everything is probably best for students who know the basics of giving a good presentation and have some familiarity with graphic design tools. Even so, there are a ton of tutorials and learning resources, as well as templates that students can use to gain skills or get started quickly. One thing to consider is importing media and using Explain Everything to explain or annotate it. Teachers can prepare a maths assessment where students solve a problem and narrate their thinking. 
Students could import one of their documents and annotate it, explaining their writing technique, for example. Teachers might also have students use the collaboration feature to turn explain everything into a brainstorming tool. The possibilities are endless. I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below, explaineverything.com. Last week, we talked about our 100th episode and some exciting updates to eduspark.world. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about DEIJ and offer some tech tools to support deeper and more meaningful integration and learning of DEIJ in your school community. Over the past years, DEIJ has become an integral part of most schools globally. One of the recent trends we're seeing is the hiring of DEIJ directors or leaders in schools. This initiative is long overdue, but after chatting with so many DEIJ leaders and champions all over the world, the constant worry I hear is that this is a surface-level change in many scenarios, and people are questioning if schools, organisations, teachers and parents are actually ready for deeper change, and if so, what needs to happen to make this standard practice? I'm not going to go into the role of a DEIJ leader or the role of it in a school today, but I am going to share some tech tools and websites that I've seen in action and heard firsthand from colleagues in schools globally that are supporting authentic and purposeful DEIJ integration and movement. This was spurred in particular to be a focus this week after ongoing and inspiring conversations with global champions such as Victoria Thompson, Ceci Gomez-Galvez, Dolene Indramana, Alan Fan, Trisha Friedman and many more. You know who you are. Here are my top five tech tools and sites that add value and support to DEIJ in many ways in schools globally. Number one, the Diversity Fair. At thediversityfair.org, you'll see an incredibly driven recruitment agency diversifying recruitment for international schools. I've seen this across many schools I work with, and the work is inspirational. You have to check them out and share to people in your school. Number two, Equity Maps. It's an online real-time participation tracker to see who is doing the talking and therefore the learning in your classroom. It's easy to analyze and to see what's equitable and what's not. If used delicately, this is a potentially eye-opening tool that can help you modify discussions and ensure learners have equal access to learning opportunities and conversations. I've even used this in professional development sessions that I've been leading to make sure and to analyze the conversations that are happening. Something worth trying for you too. Learning for Justice Learning for Justice is an invaluable teacher tool to help reduce prejudice and encourage tolerance in schools, as well as within society as a whole. For the classroom, teachers can use the ready-made lessons and film kits to implement anti-bias curriculum. For school communities, educators can start mix-it-up activities to break down divisions and promote new relationships between students, staff, and families. Number four, facing history and ourselves. It is an incredible site that's been shared with me many times. The site has an extensive collection of powerful curricula that teachers can use as is or adapt to their students' needs. Facing History and Ourselves is a free website with resources for teaching about and combating hatred and bigotry. The website has free lesson plans, units, resource collections, videos and podcasts, and the materials here are interdisciplinary as well as Common Core aligned. These valuable materials empower students to understand and address difficult ethical choices, both past and present. 
And number five, Pride and Less Prejudice. Prideandlessprejudice.org is all about fostering inclusive classrooms, and they even provide LGBTQ plus inclusive books to pre-K through grade three classrooms to help students and teachers read out loud and read out proud. They raise money, provide free resources for schools, and support educators and schools to become more inclusive. They also have a fundraising event coming up that I'll share about shortly. While I've only shared five resources here, there are many more. I encourage you to do your own investigating and research. Chat with people in your school buildings and do some research both online and within your PLNs. Do yourself a favor and spend some time this week looking into your classroom, your practices and your school and see what you can do better. I'd love to hear from you to learn more about DEIJ in your context and the resources you use. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. In addition this week, as mentioned above, I wanted to highlight a fantastic non-profit organization that's been shared multiple times across my network and supported by a good friend and EduSpark contributor, Tricia Friedman. Pride and Less Prejudice is excited to announce their second annual virtual auction. You can join the award-winning non-profit organization in raising $10,000 to send 800 LBGTQ plus inclusive books to elementary schools across the US and Canada. Pride and Less Prejudice invites you to bid on a variety of items, including artwork, virtual experiences, pride-themed items, jewelry, donations from prominent celebrities and musicians, and much more. Bidding opens on Thursday, the 22nd of September and closes on Sunday, the 25th of September at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. For many of you, that's early morning, Monday, September 26th. To learn more, head to www.prideandlessprejudice.org and connect and follow on your social channels of choice. The links are in the description below. Every week I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week I had the pleasure of chatting with David Kofoid Wind. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today I have the honor of speaking with David Kofoid Wind, who is based in Denmark. David is the co-founder and CEO of EduFlow a tool to build and run any kind of learning experience online. David did his PhD with a focus on machine learning, data science, and educational technology. My passion for data-driven systems and educational technology led me to want to connect with David and introduce him to you today. David, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? I'm always ready to talk about that. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Yeah. So today I'm the CEO of Edgeflow. Um, Edgeflow is a three-year-old product to run online learning experiences. Um, my job as the CEO is to do all the different things that doesn't fall on other people's desks, I guess. So I do sales, I do product management, I do marketing, I manage the company. What inspired me to do that? I don't know. I think I like building things. I like building beautiful software. So like my biggest passion in, is to like build some great software and have people use it and be happy with it. But 
you can't just build software. You also have to sell it and market it to have other people realize that it exists. Because I want people to use our products, I'm also kind of uh, indirectly then passionate about selling it and, and talking about it. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I, I know uh, peer grade from previously and then EduFlow now as well. I've, I've been exposed to it before. So it's really exciting to be able to talk to you about not just the product, but your background to get to where you are today as well. And sort of on that note, for those of people listening that don't know, tell us a little bit about EduFlow and why your passion for EdTech, machine learning and data science helped you move towards building this. Yeah, so the, the very short version, right, is that I was doing a PhD in machine learning and uh, a part of that PhD was teaching a course, which got really large. So to scale the course, I built a peer feedback tool called PeerGrade back in the days uh, where students could give each other feedback. And then we worked on that for, for four years um, before pivoting to EduFlow. So EduFlow, essentially, it's a successor to, to PeerGrade. It's a tool to do peer feedback and, and much more. What got me into working on peer grade was kind of my my research in machine learning. We don't actually use that much machine learning in in Edgeflow today, unfortunately. I would I would love to. It's one of my other passions, right? So so yeah, we've had these two products, both kind of revolving around peer feedback and social learning in in different ways. Yeah, that's it's really exciting to hear, you know, that process and that flow of you know building peer grade and then moving into Edgeflow as you saw the audience and the product evolve uh, and move into that. You know, I'm a startup founder myself. Uh, we're very early stage, but in the professional learning space for educators. And, you know, one of the things that, that we're noticing already is that flow and that sequence of, you know, where do you start? Who do you listen to? How do you embrace that idea of user's voice, but then at the same time managing what's important and what's not. So it's, it's great to hear that from you. That's super tricky, right? Like it's one of the things we struggle with the most. We have uh, users spanning from like middle school English language arts to corporate learning at Google and Accenture. And the people in middle school don't want the same things as the Accenture people. But who do you listen to? There's a lot more school teachers, but they don't have as much money. So it's like a constant struggle to do what the users say, do what you believe, follow the money. Like there's no right path. There's just like some, you have to pick one of them or a mix of different things and then go that way. Yeah, totally. And so on that note, I guess, how important is that basic knowledge of machine learning and data science for teachers today? You know, I, I hear schools and teachers talking about this and I think teachers being quite scared, honestly, about, the need to change the way they do things, stay up to date, you know, learn the lingo. What's your best advice for teachers listening here today on how to get started in a basic way? I think it's it's really important to understand some fundamentals, right? Because um, I guess you can like split it into statistical reasoning, you could call it, like uh, which is somewhat of a part of critical thinking to understand numbers and statistics. You don't need to have a PhD in machine learning to know that, right? But it's that's very important and, and, and also a part of data science and so on. So everybody should have general understanding of how statistics work. And then if you look more at artificial intelligence, machine learning, and so on, I don't think most people don't need to have a deep understanding of how it actually works and the technology and so on. But given that, and this is one of my beliefs and probably also many others, right, that, that artificial intelligence and, and similar technologies will become bigger and bigger parts of our lives. I think it's good to have at least fundamental understanding of 
what does it actually mean? How does this affect my life? What will technology allow us to do and not do? Both to avoid problems, but also to get excited because there's a lot of uh, exciting opportunities if you get to leverage this. So you could probably take a one or two hour course if you if you spend the time well to learn the most important facets of, of data science without having to know how to code or, or something like that. Just so you can read the news and, and understand them in the right way and like be critically thinking about these kind of concepts. Yeah, great advice. I think go out, learn the language, jump into a, a quick free online environment to engage in learning about the language, the context, uh, and how it fits inside and outside education. I think it's great advice. Let's jump into some quick fire questions, David. The first thing that comes to your mind, and maybe a brief why. What's your favorite edtech book or resource? Uh, I've read a lot of edtech books because I kind of came into edtech kind of from the side. I didn't really plan to be an edtech. I'm not a teacher per se. So I tried to like read up on it. And I guess one of the ones that stuck with me the most is one called 25 Years of Edtech by a guy called Martin Weller. And he basically goes through the last 25 years, one year after each other and say like, this year, what was the biggest thing in EdTech? And what's interesting about reading this book is that once you go back in time, you realize that all the things we're hyped about now were also big 20 years ago. EdTech is pretty old. And it gives you this grounding of like, okay, actually, we all talk about like the future is here and everything is new. But like discussion forums online was like a, a thing 20 years ago, right? So it's, it's a good way to get some perspective and to understand why are things happening, like what unlocks new technologies and new possibilities. Yeah, great advice. What's your go-to edtech tool that the listeners need to try? Well, obviously Edgeflow, right? But that's a bit cheesy to pick your own product. So uh, <laughs> I think um, one of the products we work with recently is called Genially. And Genially is kind of like an authoring tool that allows you to make interactive content. So if you've ever use something like articulate storyline it feels like something similar to that not as complex and deep but uh, significantly more modern and cheap and approachable so we use it as an integration into edgeflow so you can build things genially and then embed them into edgeflow which gives a really good uh, synergy i think yeah i love the sound of that we'll make sure the links to everything you talk about here are in the podcast notes as well What's one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy, progress, and succeed in your career, David? This is where I should say something cool like ice baths or 20-minute meditation every morning <laughs> or something. I don't do any of that. Like I have two small kids, so my days is pure chaos. But I think what makes me... If, people, if you ask people if I'm productive, they would say, hell yeah, David is very productive. And I think the biggest reason is just that I get things done, right? So I don't think too much. Often I just do. And, and we have this like attitude in the company that like, we just do. Like if you have a slightly good idea, just do it. Don't ask for permission. And I think this idea of just like, if it takes less than 10 minutes, just do it now. Attitude is a really good way to get a lot of stuff done very quickly. Yeah, I love that too. And I'm going to add one other thing in here as well. You know, For those of people that are listening that haven't heard of EduFlow before, it's brand new to them. What's the best way for them to get started jumping into EduFlow and, and getting an account set up? Yeah, so we have a free version that you can go and play with. So uh, edgeflow.com, you can go in there, create a free account, and then you can. we have this library of templates that you can uh, can start with. So if you don't know exactly how to use Edgeflow, you can start with a template. You can pick like 
I'm teaching uh, computer science or I'm going to do presentation practice or something. And then we'll give you a, a course shell that basically outlines how you can use Edgeflow and then you can customize it to your own needs and invite your, your students in. And, and like, if you have any questions at all about any of that, you can just like write us on support, write me an email at david at edgeflow.com, right? I'm always available to, to answer any questions. That's awesome. And any other ways that people listening here today can follow and connect with you? I'm not like a really big influencer on social media, but I do have a Twitter profile where I tweet a little bit or just find me on LinkedIn with my actual name, David Kufelvin. Uh, I'm trying to be a bit more active on, on LinkedIn these days. Nice. And we'll make sure the links to those are in the podcast notes as well. For those of you listening, this isn't a paid endorsement. This is just an exciting conversation. Uh, with an edtech founder doing incredible things, an area that I'm pretty passionate about, uh, an edtech product that's building something that is changing the way education is both in K through 12 and outside of it as well. And I'm excited to continue to bring these sorts of conversations to light. David, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, likewise. That was a pleasure. Next week, join me for episode 102 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by Brad Cates. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and EdTech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.